So it's Mother's Day, so I wanted to preach a sermon. Uh, it's going to be geared towards mom, but it's also going to be for each of us in this room. I was joking. I did my devotion online. I've kind of missed a few uh, because of things that have been going on. And so my mom lets me know every week when I miss a devotion. She's like, I looked for your devotion and it's not on there on Facebook. And so I even said to her this time, this one's for you, mom. Happy Mother's Day. Anyway, it's Mother's Day. And so that's where our hearts are. That's what we're thinking about. Um, that's what we do. We did our Mother's Day with Tam this morning before we came to church. The kids were excited. You know, that's the day that it is. And as I was preparing for this sermon today, there was a moment that kind of resonates with me. And, you know, we get asked questions a lot in life, right? And usually with questions, there's easy answers. But sometimes those answers, they, they show that there's more than meets to the eye to what you've said. And so where I'm going with this is we've all been there. You all go somewhere and they hand you a piece of paper or you're talking to someone and they begin to ask you questions. And these questions are easy questions. They don't take a lot of thought. They're like, how old are you? Now, for some of us, it takes more thought than others, right, Jim? Yeah, we've got to get it out and get the calculator. For others, we've got that number memorized and we know what it is. And they ask us where we're from and they ask us uh, if we're married and they ask us how many kids we have and they ask us uh, what we do for a living, you know, all these kind of questions. And for me, I don't, I don't think much, especially when it comes to that question of what do you do for a living? Like, that's an easy one. I can write it really proud. You know, I get the highlighter out, the Sharpie marker. I'm a pastor, you know, with a capital P. And I've noticed Sometimes, and I would even use my wife as an example, when that question comes up, what do you do for a living? And women, we, we, we know some, and, and we've heard this, and it would be a conversation or a question, and, and they say, what do you do for a living? And, and all of a sudden the response is, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. It's an answer to the question that I believe indicates a lot more underneath. It's, it's something that when we respond, we've all got Justas in our life. And I was teasing Mike and Cheryl. Mike and Cheryl have a daughter-in-law named Justa. And I'm preaching against Justas today, but I'm not speaking of Stephen's wife in their life. But we all have Justas in our lives. You know, those things where we seem to limit ourselves or we devalue who we are. So someone asks us a question. I'm just, I'm just a high school graduate. I never went to college. I may not be a smart man. You know, I'm just an old lady and, and people really don't want to hear what I have to say. I'm, I, 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 I'm just an ordinary person. There's nothing real exceptional about my life. I'm just a young kid. I don't know much yet. We're just a, a small church. There's not much that, that we can do. We're just a rural people. A rural people. <laughs> and we begin to limit us. The answer is there, but we're communicating something very profound in what we're saying. 
You know, Psalm chapter 139, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. For we're God's handiwork. This is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to speak to the just us today. Because I think in a lot of ways, we're allowing ourselves to be defined by what we see as our weakness, but God wants to use them for something incredible in his kingdom. You see, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the handiwork of God. He made you who he made you. I want to pray, God, we thank you this morning for this word. And we pray you would speak to our hearts today. That as we look at your word, God, that we were transformed. That as we look at your word, we're enlightened. That your works could be accomplished. God, we pray for your will in this place and nothing but your will. We yield ourselves to you asking for your very best in Jesus' name. Amen. I got a game I want to play, okay? So I'm going to put a picture on the screen. These are items that I found that have sold recently at auction. And I just want you guys to give me a guess on how much this item sold for at auction. So there's a Bible. Guess the price. I don't hear anything. Someone give me a number. 50 bucks. Anybody got 60? 68? No. It was sold at an auction. This Bible sold at auction for $94,000. And let me show you why. Right here. Do you read that? It's a little blurry. It says Elvis Presley on there. Let's play a game. Anyone know what this is? That's a fingernail. Yeah, that's gross, Pastor. That sold at auction. Anyone want to guess how much that sold for? Fifty grand we got, man. Joe's giving more for for uh, a fingernail than Pam would give for a Bible. <laughs> that fingernail, it was Lady Gaga, sold for thirteen thousand dollars at auction. I want to show you a picture. You want to guess the price? How much do you think those glasses sold for at auction? Huh? One hundred fifty thousand. How about we go to $7.20 at Walmart? But, but what about these glasses? You want to guess the price on these glasses? $150,000. So they sold for $170,000 at auction. And this is the one that blew me away. There's a bag of air, a Ziploc baggie of air. Anyone want to guess? Who give me a dollar for a baggie of air? Come see me after church. We'll fill some bags up. Actually, eBay took this auction down because they couldn't let someone be that stupid. Why were these things valuable? 
You know, that's just a Bible and just a pair of glasses and just a fingernail and just a Ziploc baggie. What made him valuable? It's who owned them. It's whose name was on them. See, the just the things became exceptional because of who held them in their hands. Moms, I want to talk to you this morning. You're not just a mom. You're exceptional because God made you. He gave you the privilege and honor of being called a mother. Now, let me, I'm going to do this and I'm going to embarrass some people. So who in this room has ever received a card that said world's best or world's greatest mom? Put your hands up. Someone's lying, right? Levi, you got some work to do. <laughs> How can it be that Graham can give mom a card this morning that says, Mom, you're the best mom in the whole world? And cards like that are going out everywhere. Because to my kid, it is the best in his world. And sometimes we spend so much time comparing, so much time wondering. We spend so much time saying, boy, the world tells me that I'm supposed to be doing so much more with my life. And we say that I'm just a mom and I want to say to you, that is an incredible calling from God. That is a privilege and honor that God would see you fit to raise kids, that God would see you worthy to teach and impart yourself in someone else. It's crazy the privilege that God's bringing in your lives right now, Courtney. The joy of being called a mother, the joy of being called a father. And for some reason, in some way, the world, and, and it started to redefine for us the value we place on the things that are really valuable. Moms. I got a bunch of pictures I got to get through on mine. This is an interesting portion to be reading. Some moms will relate to this one more than others. It starts with the word slaves. Courtney, get ready. <laughs> Obey your earthly masters and everything. Get ready. And do it, not only in, when their eye is on you and when they to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence of the Lord. In verse 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. Mothers, you are called of God. And it doesn't matter what others might think or what others might say or what society might place on you. Work at being a mom with all your heart. Scripture talks about some cool things that moms in the Bible are able to do. It says, uh, and I'm not going to read all these verses, but moms work hard. That's Proverbs 31. Roy, I told you to read that to Donna today. You still can do that. Donna told Roy today she found a, 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 a psalm that said she was the crown of his life. 
Roy needs some counsel on how he responds. I digress. So scripture says that moms, they work hard to care for their family. What do moms get to do? Moms get to teach children wisdom. Moms, they get to pray for their kids. This is the story of the the mom who sought out Jesus because her daughter was possessed by demons. And even though she wasn't qualified, and even though she was just a, a, a wrong person, she sought out God. Moms get the privilege of praying for their kids. What do moms get to do? They get to model a life of praise to the Lord. They get to demonstrate love and compassion. And love and compassion isn't always just ooey gooey, you're the best ever. But scripture says that God does what? He disciplines those he loves. So sometimes love is, is discipline as well, Levi. She's the best. World's best. Mom's comfort. And mom's built a legacy of faith. You know, I think back to to that to what God spoke to us, and, and like I said, that resonates with my heart when when we hear about the the prayers of our grandparents, and and to me, I think about the lives that my grandparents lived, and how because of who my grandma was and who my grandpa was, I'm able to stand before this church today. It was a product of of what they've given me. I gave them a little plaque one day that said, "You'll never know the true inheritance you'll give until you see your kids and grandkids living lives that they've learned." Like I didn't get anything when my grandma and grandpa died except for I got everything from them while they were alive. And that's all that matters. That was the value for me. You see, you get to as a mom build a legacy of faith. But why then do we wonder? Why then do we, do we devalue? There's a story we read in Bible study this week. And it was in the book of Acts, and it's a, it's a story we've read. Uh, I'll, I'll get to this, Acts chapter 9, beginning of this chapter. There's a dude. His name's Saul. Do you know what Saul was known for? He was a bad dude. He was known for breathing out murderous threats, and what he wanted to do was find Christians and kill Christians. That was his job. That's what he wanted to do. He, he knew the law, and he chased people down who talked about this guy named Jesus. That was his whole goal in life. That was everything that he set out to do, and he was good at it. And he was on the road to Damascus. He was on the road to go persecute some more people, to arrest some more Christians and maybe put them to death. And while he was on that road, there was a bright light that showed. Calls out to him. He says, who are you? He says, I'm the Lord. And, and then his eyes are blinded, it said. And we hear the story of Saul, like the road to Damascus. We all know the story of like Saul on the road to Damascus. God touched his life. He showed up to Saul. I want to read about another man in this chapter. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he's praying. Now, Ananias knew who this man was. In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man. And all the harm he's done to your holy people, in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. 
This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from his from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. But I want to come back to verse 10. Because as I read it, and I knew what I was preaching on, what stood out to me this week was Ananias. Who was Ananias? What was exceptional about Ananias? Well, I can just see this moment. God appears to you and he says to you, Tamara, I need you to do this. And you say, I am just a disciple. Right? I mean, he's not even a Sunday school teacher. Not the worship leader. Not the usher. I'm just a disciple. You know, what I feel like happens in our world, God appears to us and he calls us to do something and we start saying, wait a minute, I'm just an ordinary follower of Christ. You want someone to do this job? I know a guy who's bold. Right? I mean, you need someone to go talk to Saul right now? There's an idiot, I can tell you, that runs his mouth all the time. His name's Peter. He can never stop himself. He'll do crazy things if you ask him to. Why don't you go talk to Peter? I mean, he's way more anointed than me. What else do we see about Ananias? He's just a disciple. But if he limit himself by his justa, does Paul ever become who Paul is? Because see, Saul, he prayed, the, if the things fall off his eyes, he becomes Paul. He goes and starts pretty much the whole early church, preaching in places, the apostle, all those things that happened that could have been. So, so in this story, we see what? I can't wear, oh, there we go. The Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument. And when we look at the chosen instrument in this story, we're, we're, we're focused on Paul. But I feel like these same words were spoken to Ananias when God said, go. Ananias, you're just a disciple is what you're saying, but you're my, you're my chosen vessel for this moment. Mom, you're not just a mom. You're his chosen vessel for your children in this moment. Moms, there's no one else that can do the job that God called you to do. There's no one else that can be the mom that God needs you to be. Ananias was the only one that could show up because God said there was a dude coming named Ananias. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe that was a more common name then. I don't know many Ananiases today. Sometimes we look at our circumstance and we limit the one who made us. Sometimes we look at our, our situations or we look in our mirrors 
and we become the lords of ourselves. Who gets to tell a servant what to do? It's the master. It's the king. And when the king says to you, go do this, when Mike says to Ty, go feed the cows, and Ty says, I'm just a kid, why don't we trust the one who made us? You know, sometimes I think our justice are our ways of telling God how to do what he wants to do. We're hiding behind our justice and not doing what God wants us to do, really not because we don't feel qualified, but just because we don't want to go feed the cows right now. i got other things to do. i got other things to accomplish. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Just like Paul or Saul at this time was God's chosen instrument, so are you today. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want to talk to the justice today. You are valuable. You are valuable. Why? Because of the one who formed you. You are valuable. Why? Because of the one whose name is upon you. You are valuable. Why? Because of the one who desires to use you. You're chosen. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. So whatever you do, whether it's being a mom, whether it's being a dad, whether it's being a pastor, whether it's being a friend, whether it's being a laborer, whatever you do, work at it as unto the Lord. You are valuable. You want to know how valuable you are? I talked about the price of a Bible and the price of a fingernail. But what about the price it's been paid for you. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. The sacrifice for sin had to come, and God said, There's a price that has to be paid. There's a price that has to be given and no price is too great than for my children to know me. There's no price too great than, than, than for a group of people in Crawford, Nebraska to have the opportunity to understand how much I love them. That's the price that he's put on you. He did that so you could be a mom. So that you could be a disciple. So that you could be a high school graduate who works with your hands your whole life. 
so that you could be a, a friend, so that you could be a mentor, so that you could be who God has made you to be. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter the price that the world will put on you because the price has already been given for you. You guys can come forward. So why? Why do we let others, why do we let people, why do we let things, why do we let society tell us what's worth it and what's not? You know, all of Scripture, it's filled with a bunch of justice. Just a fisherman. Just a shepherd boy. Just a disciple. Just a virgin who's not even married yet. Just a man who can't speak very well. But because of the one whose name was on them, the greatest story that's ever been told was able to be written. God, we come to you today. And in this room, God, you know those moments in us. Those places where we don't feel worth it. Those things that even though we shouldn't be, sometimes we're ashamed of. Those moments we've devalued the masterpiece that you've made us. God, to every justa in this room, I speak the truth. The truth is from the word of God that says that you, that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. To that justice that says you were the handiwork of God. He did a special work when he made you. that just just needs to know that God picked you. He picked you for that part in His story. You're not just important, but you're imperative for His story to be accomplished. Your children, they need to know God's love because of what He's done in you and through you. Your community, they need to experience. There's a soul that needs to be prayed for. There's someone that needs to hear the truth that God has made you just as you are.
am valuable. I am imperative. Because of Him. God, in this room, as we as we sing this last song, I pray that you would continue to speak to hearts. And God, if there are those in this room that, that need to recognize the price that's been given for their life, that need to recognize the fullness of love that is theirs in Jesus Christ. The scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you declare in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. If we need to recognize that Jesus is Lord, in all those times he's asked and we've said, no God, I'm just a disciple. No God, I'm just an ordinary person. No God, I'm just a this or I'm just a that. That we can say, God, you are Lord. God, you are the one who chose me. us to see the price Jesus Christ on the cross blood shed for the forgiveness of our sin, the fullness of forgiveness that we could be joint heirs with Jesus Christ, that we could be called children of God and that is who we are God we thank you for it in Jesus name this morning as they lead us in that, I'd open the altars up. If you need to respond, if you need to talk to someone, if if you need to confess, like, hey, you know, sometimes scripture says we repent. That means change our ways. If we've been identified by what we say limits us and we've been restricting what God wants to happen in us and through us with these justice, sometimes we have to repent. That means like confessing. That means like owning that, yeah, I've been in the wrong position. God, I've been telling you what you can and can't do with me. And my desire is to lay it all before you. Sometimes we have to change our ways. And so God's been saying, go and pray. He's been saying, go to Straight Street and talk to that guy named Saul. And we've been saying, no, God. And he's saying, go. That means repentance means that we just go. We do what he's called us to do. To no longer be defined by our limitations. God is incredible. And he sees so much more than we can understand. And he created you the way he made you so that he could use you for his story feel compelled to say this. Someone may have walked in this room wondering if you're worth it. You may have felt like a $7.20 pair of glasses from Walmart. To you this day, I want to speak Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ is what takes you from feeling worthless to knowing that you are are invaluable, that you are priceless in His kingdom. If you came not knowing what your worth was or wondering whether you were worth it, hear it this day that yes, you are worth it. Yes, you are valuable. Yes, you are imperative. Why? Because of the name of Jesus Christ. I speak His name over you. I speak His name to you that you can hear it and that you can receive it and that you can allow his name to be written on the front of your pages that you can allow his hand to be at what you're affixed to that you can allow your bag to be what he breathed in I speak Jesus 
So I hope that this morning you can strike through your justice. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you know your worth from the one who made you. Amen. Be blessed, mom.